section eighty five of norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the world's story volume eight norway sweden denmark iceland greenland and the search for the poles edited by eva march tappen section eighty five the apostle to greenland seventeen twenty one to seventeen thirty six by jacob a rees the norwegian clergyman hans egget could not give up the thought that descendants of the lost colonists of greenland were still living shut away from mankind and from the gospel at length his earnest entreaties prevailed the king of denmark appointed him missionary to the greenlanders and promised him a small salary in may seventeen twenty one he set sail on the ship hobbit the hope for the unknown shores of the land of ice the editor early in june they sighted land but the way to it was barred by impassable ice a whole month they sailed to and fro trying vainly for a passage at last they found an opening and slipped through only to find themselves shut in with towering icebergs closing around them as they looked fearfully out over the rail their convoy signalled that she had struck and the captain of hobbit cried out that all was lost in the tumult of terror that succeeded agate alone remained calm praying for succour where there seemed to be none he remembered the one hundred and seventh psalm he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and break their bands in sunder and the morning dawned clear the ice was moving and their prison widening on july three hobbit cleared the last ice wreath and the shore lay open before them the eskimos came out in their kayaks and the boldest climbed aboard the ship in one boat sat an old man who refused the invitation he paddled about the vessel mumbling darkly in a strange tongue he was an angakok one of the native medicine men of whom presently agid was to know much more as he stood upon the deck and looked at these strangers for whose salvation he had risked all his heart fell they were not the stalwart northmen he had looked for and their jargon had no homelike sound but a great wave of pity swept over him and the prayer that rose to his lips was for strength to be their friend and their guide to the light not at once did the way open for the coveted friendship with the eskimos while they thought the strangers came only to trade they were hospitable enough but when they saw them build clearly intent on staying they made signs that they had better go they pointed to the sun that sank lower toward the horizon every day and shivered as if from extreme cold and they showed their visitors the icebergs and the snow making them understand that it would cover the house by and by when it all availed nothing and the winter came on they retired into their huts and cut the acquaintance of the white men they were afraid that they had come to take revenge for the harm done their people in the olden time there was nothing for it then but that egged 
must go to them and this he did they seized their spears when they saw him coming but he made signs that he was their friend when he had nothing else to give them he let them cut the buttons from his coat throughout the fifteen years he spent in greenland egged never wore furs as did the natives the black robe he thought more seemly for a clergyman to his great discomfort he tells in his diary and in his letters that often when he returned from his winter travels it could stand alone when he took it off being frozen stiff after a while he got upon neighbourly terms with the eskimos but if anything the discomfort was greater they housed him at night in their huts where the filth and the stench were unendurable they showed their special regard by first licking off the piece of seal they put before him and if he rejected it they were hurt their housekeeping of which he got an inside view was embarrassing in its simplicity the dish-washing was done by the dogs licking the kettle clean often after a night or two in a hut that held half a dozen families he was compelled to change his clothes to the skin in an open boat or out on the snow but the alternative was to sleep in a cold that sometimes froze his pillow to the bed and the teacup to the table in his own home above all he must learn their language it proved a difficult task for the eskimo tongue was both very simple and very complex in all the things pertaining to their daily life it was exceedingly complex for instance to catch one kind of fish was expressed by one word to catch another kind in quite different terms they had one word for catching a young seal another for catching an old one when it came to matters of moral and spiritual import the language was poor to desperation egid's instruction began when he caught the word kine what is it and from that time on he learned every day but the pronunciation was as varied as the workaday vocabulary and it was an unending task it proceeded with many interruptions from the angakoks who tried more than once to bewitch him but finally gave it up convinced that he was a great medicine man himself and therefore invulnerable but before that they tried to foment a regular mutiny the colony being by that time well under way and agate had to arrest and punish the leader the natives naturally clung to them and when agate had mastered their language and tried to make clear that the angakoks deceived them when they said they went to the other world for advice they demurred did you ever see them go he asked well have you seen this god of yours of whom you speak so much was their reply when agid spoke of spiritual gifts they asked for good health and blubber our angakoks give us that hell-fire was much in theological evidence in those days but among the eskimos it was a failure as a deterrent they listened to the account of it eagerly and liked the prospect when at length they became convinced that egid knew more than their angakoks they came to him with the request that he would abolish winter very likely they thought that one who had such knowledge of the hot place ought to have influence enough with the keeper of it to obtain this favour it was not an easy task from any point of view to which he had put his hands as that first winter wore away there were gloomy days and nights and they were not brightened 
when with the return of the sun no ship arrived from denmark the dutch traders came and opened their eyes wide when they found egged and his household safe and even on friendly terms with the eskimos Pelesse, the natives called the missionary that as the nearest they could come to the danish prost priest Pelesse was not there after blubber they told the dutchmen but to teach them about heaven and of him up there who had made them and wanted them home with him again so he had not worked altogether in vain but the brief summer passed and still no relief ship the crew of hobbit clamoured to go home and egged had at last to give a reluctant promise that if no ship came in two weeks he would break up his wife alone refused to take a hand in packing the ship was coming she insisted and at the last moment it did come a boat coming in after dark brought the first word of it the people ashore heard voices speaking danish and flew to egget who had gone to bed with the news the ship brought good cheer the government was well disposed trading and preaching were to go on together as planned joyfully then they built a bigger and a better house and called their colony god thob good hope the work was now fairly under way of the energy and the hardships it entailed even we in our day that has heard so much of arctic exploration can have but a faint conception shut in on the coast of eternal ice and silence silence save when in summer the arctic rivers were alive and crash after crash announced that the glaciers coming down from the inland mountains were casting their calves the great icebergs upon the ocean the colonists counted the days from the one when that year's ship was lost to sight till the returning spring brought the next one their only communication with their far-off home in summer the days were sometimes burning hot but the nights always bitterly cold in winter says egged hot water spilled on the table froze as it ran and the meat they cooked was often frozen at the bone when set on the table summer and winter egged was on his travels between sundays sometimes in the trader's boat more often the only white man with one or two eskimo companions seeking out the people when night surprised him with no native hut in sight he pulled the boat on some desert shore and commending his soul to god slept under it once he and his son found an empty hut and slept there in the darkness not until day came again did they know that they had made their bed on the frozen bodies of dead men who had once been the occupants of the house and had died they never knew how peril was everywhere again and again his little craft was wrecked once the house blew down over their heads in one of the dreadful winter storms that ravaged those high latitudes often he had to sit on the rail of his boat and let his numbed feet hang into the sea to restore feeling in them on land he sometimes waded waist-deep in snow climbed mountains and slid down into valleys having but the haziest notion of where he would land at home his brave wife sat alone praying for his safety and listening to every sound that might herald his return tremble and doubt they did egged owns but neither ever flinched their work was before them and neither thought of turning back the natives loved him there came a day that brought this message from the north say to the speaker to come to us to live 
for the other strangers who come here can only talk to us of blubber 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 and we also would hear of the great creator egged went as far as he could but was compelled by ice and storms to turn back after weeks of incredible hardships the disappointment was the more severe to him because he had never quite given up his hope of finding remnants of the ancient norse settlements the fact that the record spoke of a west bidge settlement and an east bidge had misled many into believing that the desolate east coast had once been colonized not until our own day was this shown to be an error when danish explorers searched that coast for a hundred miles and found no other trace of civilization than a beer bottle left behind by the explorer nordenskjold egget's hope had been that greenland might be once more colonized by christian people when the danish government after some years sent up a handful of soldiers with a major who took the title of governor to give the settlement official character as a trading station they sent with them twenty unofficial christians ten men out of the penitentiary and as many lewd and drunken women from the treadmill who were married by lot before setting sail to give the thing a half-way decent look they were good enough for the eskimos they seemed to have thought at copenhagen there followed a terrible winter during which mutiny and murder were threatened it is a pity writes the missionary that while we sleep secure among the heathen savages among so-called christian people our lives are not safe as a matter of fact they were not for the soldiers joined in the mutiny against egged as the cause of their having to live in such a place and had not sickness and death smitten the malcontents neither he nor the governor would have come safe through the winter on the eskimos this view of the supposed fruits of christian teaching made its own impression after seeing a woman scourged on shipboard for misbehaviour they came innocently enough to egged and suggested that some of their best angercocks be sent down to denmark to teach the people to be sober and decent there came a breathing spell after ten years of labour in what had often enough seemed to him the spiritual as well as physical ice barrens of the north when egged surveyed a prosperous mission with trade established a hundred and fifty children christened and schooled and many of their elders asking to be baptized in the midst of his rejoicing the summer's ship brought word from denmark that the king was dead and orders from his successor to abandon the station egged might stay with provisions for one year if there was enough left over after fitting out the ship but after that he would receive no further help when the eskimos heard the news they brought their little children to the mission these will not let you go they said and he stayed his wife whom hardship and privation and the lonely waiting for her husband in the long winter nights had at last broken down refused to leave him though she sadly needed the care of a physician a few of the sailors were persuaded to stay another year so now he wrote in his diary when on july thirty one seventeen thirty one he had seen the ship sail away with all his hopes i am left alone with my wife and three children ten sailors and eight eskimos girls and boys who have been with us from the start god let me live to see the blessed day that brings good news once more from home 
his prayer was heard the next summer brought word that the mission was to be continued partly because egged had strained every nerve to send home much blubber and many skins but it was as a glimpse of the sun from behind dark clouds his greatest trials trod hard upon the good news to rouse interest in the mission egged had sent home young eskimos from time to time three of these died of smallpox in denmark the fourth came home and brought the contagion all unknown to his people it was the summer fishing season when the natives travelled much and far and wherever he went they flocked about him to hear of the great lord's land where the houses were so tall that one could not shoot an arrow over them and to ask a multitude of questions was the king very big had he caught many whales was he strong and a great angakok and much more of the same kind in a week the disease broke out among the children at the mission and soon word came from islands and fjords where the eskimos were fishing of death and misery unspeakable it was virgin soil for the plague and it was terribly virulent striking down young and old in every tent and hut more than two thousand of the natives one-fourth of the whole population died that summer of two hundred families near the mission only thirty were left alive a cry of terror and anguish rose throughout the settlements no one knew what to do in vain did egged implore them to keep their sick apart in fever delirium they ran out in the ice-fields or threw themselves into the sea a wild panic seized the survivors and they fled to the farthest tribes carrying the seeds of death with them wherever they went whole villages perished and their dead lay unburied utter desolation settled like a pall over the unhappy land through it all a single ray of hope shone the faith that egged had preached all those years and the life he had lived with them bore their fruit they had struck deeper than he thought they crowded to him all that could as their one friend dying mothers held their suckling babes up to him and died content in a deserted island camp a half-grown girl was found alone with three little children their father was dead when he knew that for him and the baby there was no help he went to a cave and covering himself and the child with skins lay down to die his parting words to his daughter were before you have eaten the two seals and the fish i have laid away for you pallas will come no doubt and take you home for he loves you and will take care of you at the mission every nook and cranny was filled with the sick and dying egged and his wife nursed them day and night childlike when death approached they tried to put on their best clothes or even to have new ones made that they might please god by coming into his presence looking nice when egged had closed their eyes he carried the dead in his arms to the vestibule where in the morning the men who dug the graves found them at the sight of his suffering the scoffers were dumb what his preaching had not done to win them over his sorrows did they were at last won that dreadful year left egged a broken man in his dark moments he reproached himself with having brought only misery to those he had come to help and serve one thorn which would think he might have been spared rankled deep in it all some missionaries of a dissenting sect egged was lutheran had come with the small pox ship to set up an establishment of their own 
at their head was a man full of misdirected zeal and quite devoid of common sense who engaged Egged in a wordy dispute about justification by faith and condemned him and his work unsparingly he had grave doubts whether he was in truth a converted man it came to an end when they themselves fell ill and Egged and his wife had the last word after their own fashion they nursed the warlike brethren through their illness with loving ministrations and gave them back to life let us hope wiser and better men at christmas seventeen thirty five Egged's faithful wife gertrude closed her eyes she had gone out with him from home and kin to a hard and heathen land and she had been his loyal helpmeet in all his trials now it was all over that winter scurvy laid him upon a bed of pain and lying there his heart turned to the old home his son had come from copenhagen to help happily yet while his mother lived to him he would give over the work in denmark he could do more for it than in greenland now he was alone on july twenty ninth seventeen thirty six he preached for the last time to his people and baptized a little eskimo to whom they gave his name hans the following week he sailed for home carrying as all his earthly wealth his beloved dead and his motherless children the eskimos gathered on the shore and wept as the ship bore their friend away they never saw him again he lived in denmark eighteen years training young men to teach the eskimos they gave him the title of bishop but so little to live on that he was forced in his last days to move from copenhagen to a country town to make both ends meet his grave was forgotten by the generation that came after him no one knows now where it is but in ice-girt greenland where the northern lights on wintry nights flash to the natives their message from the souls that have gone home his memory will live when that of the north pole seeker whom the world applauds is long forgotten hans egged was their great man their hero he was more he was their friend end of section eighty five this recording is in the public domain